Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 463 and session number 143 of Ask Scott. This is where I answer your questions here on the podcast, and I do it every single Friday, and this is 143 times that I'm going to be doing it, coming back with you guys on this Friday, or depending on when you're listening to this, it could be a Tuesday, but uh, yeah, what I want to do here is answer your questions, and if you have any questions that you want me to answer on an upcoming Ask Scott, just head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask, and uh, you can record a brief message there. Please leave your first name. I would love to hear who I'm speaking with, and we can have that cup of coffee together. It's uh, kind of the way I look at it, and you guys that are longtime listeners know that I, I like to feel as though we're sitting around that table having uh, a cup of coffee or your your choice of drink. Maybe it's a latte. I don't know. And uh, yeah, we just talk business. And today, just to give you a heads up of what we're going to be talking about is timing product launches. That's going to be a question we're going to address Alibaba ripping me off or us off and can that happen then what do we do about it and then the other one I'm going to be talking about is using old accounts for new brands and you know the pros and cons we're going to talk about all of those here on today's Ask Scott session all right now before we do jump into the questions for today I did want to remind you if you have not registered for an upcoming workshop, we have a brand new workshop, which we just did it, depending on when you're listening to it, last night, okay? And it's the five-step roadmap for building a six-figure brand in 12 months or less. And the reason why I'm titling it that is because it's me tracing back the exact five steps that we just recently used in this past year, in 2017, to do exactly that, build a six-figure brand, and we're heading towards seven figures as we speak. So this workshop is really a case study, in a sense, to kind of take you through those steps and then give you action steps of your own, so this way here, you can go and implement and take action 2018. You guys are that have been following along, you guys know, and I'm doing the hashtag symbol here with my fingers, hashtag take action 2018. That is going to be our hashtag for this year. So definitely start using that if you're posting on Facebook and stuff. But yeah, the replay is up for that if you want to go check it out. And if the replay is not up, then you can register for an upcoming workshop at theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop. And that will take you to the registration page or the replay page, whichever is there at the current time that you are listening. Uh, but definitely go check that out. This is brand new, something that we are putting together to really retrace those steps. So if you're at all interested in looking at those five steps and applying them and modeling what we've done, definitely go check that out. Now, before we do jump in, I've got one more thing I wanted to address. And you guys know that I like to kind of, you know, talk a little bit about what's on my mind. And especially, you know, it's the first of the year or, you know, the beginning of the new year of 2018, depending on when you're listening to this. And there's something that I want you guys to think about. Because when I go back to everything that I've ever done in the past, it always goes about kind of prepping for the day or prepping for the future. Uh, even in the photography, even photography, we used to have to prep for a photography session or even in the contracting business, we had to always prep the job for maybe the next phase or whatever, right? But you're always building, okay, for the next thing. So what I want to put out here for you guys right now and have you guys think about, maybe even write down, is this right here. Build today for tomorrow's success and results. All right, let me say that one more time. Build today for tomorrow's success and results. You have to start today. 
All right, we can sit here and plan all we want or we can sit here and think about, well, what if I do this and it doesn't work or what if I do this and this happens? You won't know until you actually start. So I'm gonna give you those two hashtags, just start and hashtag take action 2018 and write that one down. Build today for tomorrow's success and results, all right? Make sure that you understand that's what we're doing here, all right? So, all right, let's go ahead. Let's jump into today's first question. I'll give you my answer. Let's rock and roll here. Let's get this thing started. What do you say? Let's do it. Hey, Scott. Hey, this is Ryan in Nashville, Tennessee. Thanks for taking my question. Love everything you're doing. Love the podcast. Love the community you've created and the inspiration that you, you've given to so many people here. My question today is a two-part question, and it is about timing for launching new products. I have taken kind of the hybrid, I'll call it a hybrid 1K fast track approach where I've acquired about $500 in inventory and going to be doing about five, another $500 or so in pay-per-click and ad spend there. My first part question is when first launching a new product and you have no reviews and your product is brand new, should you start pay-per-click advertising before you have reviews? So if people see the ad, they see your product and they see it's priced reasonably, it looks good, pictures are good, but they don't see any reviews. Is that going to be effective? Should I be running pay-per-click ads uh, before I have reviews, before I you know, have friends buy them and, and, uh, and leave, leave honest reviews? That's my first question. My second question related to timing is around inventory and knowing I just bought 50 units to start and uh, hoping that they go <laughs> pretty quickly. Uh, how soon should I look at buying more inventory so I don't run out? Uh, so those are my two questions around timing for launching new products. Thanks again. Hey, Ryan, thank you so much for the questions. And uh, these are good. I like them. So let's just dig right in. Now, I think way back when in the day, uh, <laughs> we're going back like maybe three years ago, I would have said, wait until you have five to 10 reviews before you start pay-per-click. I've kind of changed that. And the reason is, is because I've kind of changed as far as how I look at products that I want to launch. If I'm going after products that have, you know, over 500 reviews, which I'm not a fan of, and I don't really do that anymore, then I would say, yeah, you're probably going to want to wait until you get a handful of reviews. But you could also use that as a validation point as to whether or not the product is going to sell pretty easily. Here's what I mean. If you start pay-per-click with zero reviews and other sellers have, I don't know, let's say 300 to 500 reviews and you start getting a couple of sales, then we pretty much know that the reviews are not a huge part of people buying the product, or at least it may seem that way. It's also a good sign that we could probably start to dial in our pay-per-click because we're starting to get sales with zero reviews. Now, let me kind of go back a little bit and say that nowadays when you're launching, and this is probably in the past year and a half, I've looked at products that have 200 or less reviews, preferably less, even 100 or less, because now I can start my pay-per-click right out of the gate and I can start to test it. I can start to get it in front of the eyeballs of my, my buyers. And I also know that if these other sellers have received sales with low amount of reviews, then that's a good sign. That means that the buyer is not necessarily 
rolling through all of those, you know, or, you know, combing through all of those reviews and they're not buying necessarily because of the reviews. So I would say it's going to depend. That's a Chris Schaefer little, uh, little uh, thing there is it depends. He's always saying that. And it does depend in this case, because if you're going after a product that has a lot of reviews, then you may want to wait, you know, or you may just want to throw $25 at it and see if you get any traction. Uh, another sign would be that you're starting to get impressions. You're starting to get clicks, but you're not getting sales. Well, then we could go back and say, well, maybe it's because I don't have any reviews. Let's maybe pause that and, and go after some reviews and then come back and, and restart it. Uh, now, the only way that you're really going to be able to do that is if you've built an email list and if you've built up some rapport with those people and then you send those people a discount and they are probably more likely to leave you a review anyway because they know, like, and trust you already. Uh, the other thing that I want to address here is you're, uh, you know, starting with 50 units. Now, I don't know, is this product, uh, you know, a higher priced item? Is it a $50 item? Uh, is it a, is it a $20 item? And the reason why I ask that is because if you started with only 50 units and it's a $20 item, you're going to probably sell those if it's half halfway, if it's a halfway decent product, you're probably going to sell through those. So I would say like, as soon as you get a couple of sales, I'd probably re reorder. Uh, because then you're going to run run out of uh, momentum. You're going to because you're going to run out of inventory. Um, so that you know, my first sign there would be like if I had 50 units and I sold 10 of them in like two or three days, I'd probably say I probably want to order more. Now, my other question would be, if you're only ordering 50, how long does it take to get that next batch? Because what you might want to do is again wait uh, until you start seeing a couple of sales trickle in and then immediately place an order. You know, if you are waiting 45 days to get another shipment, that's going to be a problem. So I would probably warn anyone listening and you, you know, as well, Ryan, that if you're starting with 50 units, it's fine and all you've reduced the risk kind of, but in the same breath, you could be just validating and then getting some momentum and then losing all that momentum and having to start over again. And I get what you're doing. It's fine. But just understand, if it's going to take you 45 days to get more inventory, that's a problem. If it takes you a week, not so much. All right. So those are some things just to think about. But me personally, all of the products that we've launched in the new brand, we've started pay-per-click with zero reviews. Zero. Uh, you know, because we, you know, have products that are hitting the market that are not competing on reviews, meaning that a lot of the products have less than 200 reviews. Uh, and we also have an email list that we can send an email to and start to get sales uh, almost immediately. And then from there, those people will most likely follow up and start leaving reviews simultaneously. So that would be my my uh, a little bit of advice there for you or anyone listening as far as the timing goes. But for me personally, I like to get things rolling very quickly with my email list. And then from there, immediately turning on pay-per-click as soon as that has done. And that's one little thing I should note here. If you do have an email list, if you've built an email list and you're going to be doing a promo with them, I would hold off on the pay-per-click until you've run through that. And the reason is, is because I don't want to run pay-per-click, have them click over and then leave and come back and then see one of my ads and click on my ad. I want them to go directly to the product. 
Um, so I always wait on the pay-per-click until we've finished up our little promo, usually three to five days on the promo, and then I'll start running pay-per-click. So just a little side note there for you. And if you guys are wondering, well, Scott, what are you talking about, about building a list? Maybe you guys are new. Um, I have a, a free workshop that you guys can go to and uh, you can see exactly what I'm talking about here as far as building that email list. And that can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash build list. All right, theamazingseller.com forward slash build list. And I will also leave that in the show notes to this episode, which can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash 463. All right, so let's go ahead and uh, let's go and listen to the next question and I'll give you my answer. Let's do it. Hey, Scott, what is going on? This is Brett from Los Angeles. And first of all, thanks for all the great work and great resources. And I'm a big fan of the podcast. And I found my first product to launch and I went through all the process that are customizing the product and um, I customized my product and I changed the the general shape and the dimension and basically I made it better than those of who are selling on Amazon and um, I received my sample and I really like the quality and uh, my concern is yesterday I was digging into um, Alibaba and visited my uh, supplier's mini website and found out that um, they put my design as their stock product so in that case scenario scenario what will be your approach? Uh, thank you so much, Scott. Keep up the great work. Bye. Hey, Brett from Los Angeles. What's up, man? Thank you so much for the question. And it's funny, this just actually happened to us. Uh, no joke, this just happened. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you exactly what we did to deal with it. But this is a common concern from a lot of people that are just starting out. And, uh, you know, this is kind of where it comes down to having a good relationship with your supplier. And, you know, there's no shortcut to that. There's really no shortcut. There is, you know, you reaching out to the suppliers, building a rapport, building a relationship, getting a level of trust with them. And they're going to actually probably try to protect you um, in some cases. And that's kind of what what's happened in, in our situation here is our our agent, uh, our supplier, uh, you know, it's not even our supplier, it's our agent that works for the supplier, actually looks out for us. Um, we actually had this happen where uh, my partner was uh, just kind of like combing through, looking for another product that we were thinking about sourcing, getting an idea of another factory, and then having our agent maybe reach out to that factory. That's kind of how we do it too. And they stumbled on a product that we currently sell that we customized and that we made our own design and, and and all that. And, you know, obviously they were shocked and my partner, you know, they reached out to me and said, what the heck? Like this is not supposed to happen. We're supposed to have exclusive rights. That's another thing too. You might want to put in there on your modifications that uh, you want exclusive rights to this design. Uh, and, uh, this way here, they will at least be aware of that, that you've, you've acknowledged that and that you've said that you want that. You may even want to send them over some type of, uh, you know, maybe document that you, that you create. It doesn't have to be anything fancy, just something that they're going to actually sign off on. Um, that's another, uh, reason. And, and I mean, the thing is, is, you know, depending on how much your, your customization is, if you're just adding a little strap to it, well, I'm not really sure that you can say that they can't sell that, right? But if it's something that you have a completely new design or maybe a new fabric that you've used or maybe a, a new mold that you've created 
And now they're using your mold for other people. Like we don't want that. Like that's, we paid for that mold, right? Um, so you got to be careful. Uh, and you also have to uh, understand that, again, it comes down to that little bit of level of trust. So the first thing that we did is we contacted uh, we contacted the manufacturer. And actually, it wasn't even the same manufacturer as ours. It was someone else. They just took our pictures, our exact pictures, and put it up on Alibaba that they would remake that. Okay. So we immediately reached out to them, sent them a nice letter saying that, you know, we have a patent pending on this product, which... Most of our products, we at least file a patent. It's literally under a couple hundred bucks. And then from there, you have at least 12 to 18 months on that as a patent pending. Not necessarily that you're going to get it, but it's something that you, that you can have. Now, if you wanted to say that you have one or you're in the process, you can. I wouldn't be totally dishonest about it, but you know, you could even say that you have um, you know, intellectual property, uh, whatever, right? You just want to let them know that that is your unique design that is exclusive to you and that they are violating Alibaba's terms, yada, 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 okay? Most of the suppliers that have any type of, I guess, history on Alibaba, they don't want to get on, you know, bad terms with Alibaba. So immediately what this company did is they said, totally sorry, don't know what happened, someone must have posted it on our team, we will immediately take it down and we will not offer it here. Okay. Now, does that mean they won't offer it somewhere else? Don't know, right? But they immediately took it off. The other thing that we found was that, and we found this through our supplier, is that someone actually ordered our unit and they were starting the process of selling the item. Not on Amazon yet, but they had a purchase order. Our our agent went out to that person and you know located them through the manufacturer and said you cannot sell this on Amazon. It's exclusive to my client. So again, there goes your relationship again, right? Like if you have a good relationship with this person, I can't stress that enough. If you can build this relationship, it is huge. And you know, they will help you kind of navigate, you know, the the area there, but they'll also help navigate like the ins and outs of other manufacturers and they'll contact them on your behalf. Again, it comes down to the individual and how much of a relationship you have with them. Um, that's why recently we talked about, you know, we gave our agent a, uh, you know, a nice bonus and said, you know, we really appreciate what you've done for us. So we're taking care of them and we continue to reorder. Um, so the steps that I would take in your situation, Brett, is I would contact the manufacturer and say, you know, you know, I'm, I'm just wondering why you have images on the website and they, it sounds like they're your images too, or else they took their own. I don't know. But just say that you are selling my, uh, you know, my, my customized product that was built exclusively for me. And then they may come back and go, well, we didn't say it was just for you. We just made the modifications. That may be bad on your part. So that's something you got to go back and ask yourself, did you say that? And did you make it exclusive? And if you didn't, then there could be a little bit of an issue there. Uh, but that's like the conversation that I would have with them. Let them know that I don't know if you do or not, but if you have a patent pending, you might want to say I have a patent pending or I have exclusive rights to that. That's my customized design. Um, you know, so you have to be honest with them, but you also have to be direct with them and give them the opportunity and the chance and let them know that you are the only one that's supposed to be able to sell that. 
okay? Um, again, I don't know how much customization was done to it. I don't know the relationship you have. These are all, I'm speculating uh, on this, but this is what we did. It worked, immediately took the stuff down. I don't know how long it will work. Who knows? There could be another one that pops up and you got to deal with them. But my attitude is the longer that I'm selling that product, the more rooted I get into Amazon, the more I don't really care if someone comes on the scene because they're going to have to compete with all of the history, all of the momentum that we have. And we're just, we're, we're moving on to new products anyway. So, um, but anyway, that's hopefully to answer your question. Uh, that's what I would do. And again, I just want to stress anyone out there that is listening and that is saying like, how do I find a good agent? You have to go out there and treat it as though it's like an interview process. You have to go through that process. You have to be willing to build this relationship because they are on the ground there for you. And if you find a good one, I'm telling you, they will go and they will run through brick walls for you. All right. So definitely spend the time to work on those relationships. All right. All right. Let's go ahead and listen to the last question of today. And then you guys can get on with your day and your weekend and we can get uh, we can get rocking and rolling out of here. What do you say? Let's do it. Scott, how's it going? This is Mark from Salem, Oregon. Uh, first off, thank you so much for your podcast and all you put out there. It's such a good thing that you do. Uh, it's life changing stuff for people like me. It's awesome. Thank you. So my question is, I'm just getting ready to get started. I sell on um, Amazon already with online arbitrage and garage sales, all that jazz. And I was going to get my private label products going under the same account that I sell on now, kind of like the multi-brand method. But I was also thinking about selling my brand in the future. So... I'm curious if it, you know, in my head, you know, I want to have like a Instagram account for my brand, for my products, uh, have the Shopify account, all that, you know, you got your Amazon listing. So it's all kind of as one as that brand, but how does that go if I were to sell it, uh, being set up under my account that I have now, does that make sense versus setting it up on its own private Amazon account? Does that matter? I'd rather have it set up. I'd rather just do it like I on the account that I have now, so I can just for speed of getting started. But I'm thinking, you know, if I want to sell it in the future, would it be better to have it its own private Amazon account, or does that even matter? So that's my question. Uh, thanks again for all you do, Scott, and I hope to hear from you soon. Hey, Mark, what's up, man? Thank you so much for the question, and uh, yeah, this is a good one as well. And here is my thoughts. This is pretty easy for me. If you are at all thinking that you possibly may sell this brand, then I would do it now. I would set these things up separate. I would keep them separate. I get what you're saying, right? It'd be so much easier if you just left that account the way it is, and then you just added your brand to it. The only way, the only way that I would do that is if you were going to create an open brand on that account and that is what you're going to be selling, an open brand. I don't believe that an open brand would sell as much as a brand-focused brand, all right? So I personally would say leave your, your existing brand, use that for your RA, use it for open brand stuff if you want to, keep it, like don't like not use it, and then I would start your new account separately. And that's something also that if you're going to be operating under the same, you know, the same household uh, as uh, as you know your your new your new business than your old business, 
you're going to want to contact Amazon on that and let them know that that's what you're doing and why you're doing it and saying that I'm starting a new brand over here. It needs to be separate than this. And they're usually going to be cool with it. And I would definitely make sure that you keep all the emails and the transactions that you guys talk about back and forth and, you know, any type of uh, chats that you have. Keep all that stuff just in case they come back and say, wait a minute, whoa, 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 you're, you're, uh, you know, you're operating two businesses under, you know, one household. You're not supposed to be doing that. You got to keep it all under one account. Um, you got to just be upfront with them. But then, of course, you know, one person could tell you one thing and then another person tell you another. So that's why I always like to cover my tracks. Um, we've done this uh, a few different times and every time it's, it's easy. You just need your own checking account with a new EIN number. Um, so that way you can use that. Obviously, your business name. You don't even really have to register the name, uh, you know, 100%. I mean, you can do a DBA if you want to. You can do an LLC if you want to right off the bat, um, but you don't necessarily need to. You just have to have a separate EIN number with that business name. So this way here, you can set up that checking account. Amazon will set up that account with a new checking account, and pretty much you'll be you'll be ready to go. There's, there's not really uh, much more uh, to add to that than you'll have a brand new, you know, login. Uh, you know, you'll have a brand new checking account, all of that stuff. Um, the other thing is, is if you are going to be making purchases with uh, a credit card, it's going to be hard to, to get a business credit card right out of the gate. Um, one thing that my CPA has said, Josh Bowerly, who's been on the podcast a few times, has said, as long as you have a credit card, even if it's just in your name and you exclusively use it for that business, then it can technically be that business's uh, credit card. So just another thing to keep in mind. Um, but I would definitely, definitely consider keeping those two separate, um, especially if you are going to be building this thing as a brand, because when you sell it, it's going to be a lot easier to just hand over the keys, you know, to the business, your, your logins and stuff. So this way here, they can access that. If you did it the other way, you might have three products that are going to go with the brand and then you have your RA stuff that you're still doing, or maybe you have two other products that you want to continue to sell on that account, you're going to have to move them somehow. You really can't because the listings are the listings. So that's when it can get kind of tricky. Uh, business uh, or people that are buying businesses don't really like that. They'd rather you just say, hand us over the keys to the business, and then they can go in and change all of their uh, you know, all of their information on the back end. And this, this way here, all you got to do is supply them with the login. That's it. Um, so I would... Definitely, definitely say do that. I would set up two separate accounts. Yes, you're starting from scratch. You don't have a seasoned account. I, I'm, I think you'll be fine. All right. And again, just like I said in the in the very beginning, build today for tomorrow's success and results. Just start that account now, and tomorrow it's going to be a little bit older than it was the day before. Uh, so it's no big deal. We just gotta you got to start somewhere. Um, so hopefully that helped you. Good luck. Keep me posted. And everyone that submitted questions, I want to say thank you and uh, keep submitting them. You know, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask and uh, do that. Leave your first name, leave a brief question, maybe where you're tuning in from. And I'd love to hear from you and we can have that cup of coffee together and we can we can chat business. All right. And this doesn't have to be just Amazon focused stuff, guys. It could be list building stuff. It can be just branding, uh, you know, or how to build a brand, like anything on business topics or even mindset. I love talking about that stuff. If you have any questions about any of that stuff, Definitely uh, ask them for an upcoming session, and I would love 
to answer them for you. One more reminder about our most recent workshop. If you have not attended this one, which it's pretty new that we just started this one, so you probably haven't, uh, you're definitely going to want to do that because we go through the entire five-step roadmap that we've just recently did in the past 12 months to build a six-figure brand from scratch. All right, and we go through all of that and we share it on the workshop, give you action steps. So that can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop. All right, so guys, hashtag just start, hashtag take action 2018. And uh, that's gonna wrap it up. And as always, remember, I'm here for you, I believe in you, and I am rooting for you. But you have to, you have to, come on, say it with me, say it loud, say it proud, take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, and I'll see you right back here on the next episode. 